Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open World Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Flood, and I feel very honored and privileged for today's interview. I'm joined by Dan Norris. He's the two-time best-selling author of The Seven Day Startup and Content Machine. He's the founder of WP Curve. He and his businesses have been featured in Forbes, Inc., Mashable, and many other publications. Dan was voted Australia's top small business blogger by Australia's largest business magazine, Smarter Business Ideas. On top of all that, he's spoken of with a sort of uh, overall reverence by other location independent entrepreneurs and is an influential thought leader in the digital nomad community. Other guests that we've had on this show, such as Taylor Pearson and Justin Cook, have uh, said nothing but good things about him. He's, he's definitely been very influential in the realm of location independent entrepreneurship. I, for one, along with many others, have learned a ton about uh, entrepreneurship from him and online business from him. So I am super excited and I feel very privileged to have Dan on the show. Dan, I just want to welcome you for that very long introduction. Thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for the intro. So perhaps you could tell me and listener, um, if they don't know much about you, I know quite a bit about you, but maybe you can tell a bit about your backstory. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, ran a web agency for six or seven years after working for the government. I, I couldn't really figure out how to make that work, so I ended up selling it and uh, starting an analytics dashboard startup that I ran for a year and had even less success with that and found myself in a position where I was back looking for a job after about seven years as an entrepreneur. Um, and then I launched WP Curve that week when I was sort of two weeks away from needing to go back to work and run out of money. And that's, uh, that's gone well and, and almost, well, almost everything, well, it's actually not true. Not everything I've done since then has gone well, but uh, quite a few things have. Two or three things I've done since have gone really well. Um, and I've gotten a fair bit of attention and, and um, sort of turned things around. So that's the, the high level story. Uh, why was it that you still struggled and ran out of money after seven years of entrepreneurship? Like, I figured you must have been, uh, like, really dialed in. And, and, you know, Taylor Pearson makes the argument that the more experience you have just, just trying, you're eventually going to succeed uh, at some point. Uh, but why did you – what was it like to reach that point where seven years after being an entrepreneur and you, you still had to face the prospect of a job that must have felt like uh, fate worse than death to you? Yeah, it definitely did. But then <laughs> I sort of thought about it afterwards and thought – like if, if my absolute worst case scenario is getting a well-paying job, you know, um, it's really not that bad <laughs> compared to how some people have it. But <laughs> at the time it felt like, like you say, a fate worse than death. Um, but I, I also took some pretty big risks. Like, uh, I, I mean, I could have kept my business. Like the business was, didn't go out of business. I sold it. Um, I could have kept it and, and remained as an entrepreneur albeit a pretty unsuccessful one, uh, more or less working a job, but where I had myself as a boss. Um, but I didn't do that. I, I sold it 
and had absolutely no backup plan. So um, I had you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars to spend the next year on this business and and my and living, um, which goes very quickly when you live on the Gold Coast on the beach, um, and. That was, I mean, that's a very risky thing to do. I, I pr potentially, Taylor might be right if you weren't taking enormous risks. Um, but then, slightly improved my position. I really wanted to do something significant and something a lot more than just starting a small agency. So I was prepared to take a pretty big risk to start something that I thought was going to be a bit bigger. What do you feel that was it was that was holding you back? Uh, from being successful in uh, your first, I guess, two businesses? Um, different things in each one, but I think there's some fundamentals with the idea both times that, that were just wrong. Um, I mean, my first book, The Seven Day Startup, outlined a bunch of a bunch of things you can consider when starting a business and, like, criteria for business ideas. And if I run through – and, you know, that sort of came out of – me looking at why it didn't work before. And if I run through all the different things that I think are good things to have in a business idea and I look at my first business and my second one and other ones that I've had that have failed since, none of them really check off any of those items. There's things like, you know, it needs to be a really good fit for you. It needs to feel right. It needs to be something that's a high growth potential. It needs to be in a big market. It needs to be differentiated. All of these sort of things, well executed. All of these sort of things I really didn't do before. And um, they're some of the reasons what I was doing wasn't successful. But there's also there's also an amount of chance and a, a, an amount of timing and all the rest of it that go into the difference between complete failure and big success. And so I, I can't take credit for either of those. But um, definitely your idea matters. Why you're doing what you're doing matters. Getting attention is a big thing. Like I, I, I was completely unknown before 2012. Now when I launch something, I'm able to get attention for it. But back then, it was really hard to get attention for anything. I'd really struggled, spent a lot of time on just trying to get my name out there. Now I don't have to do that. So all of that stuff adds up. And um, it, I guess to Taylor's point, it gets a little bit easier the longer you go on. So a little bit of context. Uh, the two businesses we're referring to are uh, Informally, which was your second business, and yep. then uh, WP Curve. Uh, one thing I find that's, that's pretty fascinating or, or interesting and paradoxical to me is that uh, when, when you, your, your current business, uh, WP Curve, is, is very successful. You've reached a point of uh, revenues over 74000 per month. Uh, but when you wanted to launch this, people told you that it was a horrible idea. And I think that when you, when you started informally, like it seemed people were telling you it was a really good idea, but then they wouldn't actually spend money on it, right? Yeah, and that's that's the big lesson in that in my first book and that whole experience was you, you don't really learn until you launch, and that's I see this all the time. Like I've got I've got my own seven day startup paid uh, group, and we had a thread in there the other day where where someone said I've got this idea to do this startup, and you know she got all this feedback in there saying yeah sounds great sounds great sounds great, um, but does that mean these people would actually pay for that if they didn't know the person? And, you know, just saw this somewhere. I mean, would they even see this somewhere? Like, just asking people if something's a good idea is just, is no indicator of success at all. It's, it's quite often the opposite. And once you, once you think, like, you know, is, is something a good idea on paper? Do other people think it's a good idea? Once you change your thinking from that to, well, I don't care if it's a good idea or not. What I care about is 
launching it and then I'll find out if I can turn it into something or if I can get enough attention to it or if I'm the person to be executing on this. I mean, informally is not necessarily a bad idea. There's plenty of good analytics dashboards out there. It's just I couldn't make it work and I, and I could spend the next five years trying to figure out why or I could just ditch it and try something else and that's ultimately what I did and that's the only, only thing I've ever done that has had success, which is uh, rather than persisting with something not working or trying to analyse why, I just killed it and moved on. And the first time it took me seven years to do that. Second time it took me one year. Um, I think it can be done quicker. And that software is pretty difficult, very difficult. So it's, it's, it's very difficult to work on software for any less than sort of, you know, at least a few months to get some idea of whether or not people need it. Um, but for other sorts of businesses, and like for first-time entrepreneurs or people who haven't had a big success yet, services is a really good option. And, and you can launch that very quickly and you can get a feel for whether or not people need it very quickly and, and you can throw the assumptions out the window and you don't need to get you know, people telling you it's a good idea or telling you it's not a good idea. You can actually just test it. And that's, I think that's a much better approach. Just build it out in seven days. Or seven days well, I mean, the, the, the seven days thing, it's just what I came up with as a catchy term, really. Mm. Um, but... You know the the message is to um, is to execute something quickly and, and pay attention to what results you are getting as opposed to um, debating it and wondering if it's a good idea and you know I've got a worksheet in there where you can analyze any idea within the space of 10, 10 or twenty seconds and it'll give you some indication of whether or not it, it could be potentially a good idea and that's about the amount of time I think you should be spending if if you're spending months and months debating with people whether you should be doing this then you're doing the wrong thing. So once you have that minimal viable product set up, where do you recommend people go to get that immediate market validation? Going back to your own experience with WP Curve, where do you find your initial set of clients to stabilize the business and the cash flow? Yeah, well, I mean, this is, this is I guess, the ultimate question. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what everyone struggles with. It's like, how do you get attention to what you're doing? How do you do it consistently? And how do you scale that? And for me, it was content marketing. Um, and that's why my second book's about that because that's really the second part of the story because without the content, none of what I've done would exist at all. And in many ways, I, you know, we've, we've had a reasonable level of success because we've been able to figure that out as much as we've been able to figure the business out. Um, for other people, it might, might not be content. Content is definitely not the quickest way to get attention. Um, for me, it took me a lot of blog posts over a lot of years to really figure out how to do it well. It took me a good solid year of full-time content marketing to get enough of an audience so that WP Curve would would be noticed when it was launched. Um, you know, if people aren't prepared to put in that sort of time, then then you might need to hustle up some other ideas of, of getting in front of people. Um, but for me, content marketing is really the only sort of marketing I've ever done that's worked, uh, other than sort of just getting a press. But... For other people, it might be different. For me, that's it's something I enjoy and it's something that is I, I just committed to making work because it's something I wanted to do. It's something I wanted to spend my time doing. Um, so I, I put in the time to figure out how to do it and, and to do it well. And you've put out a, great, uh, a bunch of great ideas when it comes to content marketing. I remember reading one of your uh, answers on Quora and uh, stealing a few of your ideas from there, like uh, using Wisestamp uh, and putting my blog post in my email signature. That, that was one. Yep. That, that was a great one. And uh, can, can you share with me what what are some of the other big wins that you've had as far as eighty uh, uh, twenty, like you know, content marketing? 
Yeah, well, I mean, so that, I think that's a really old one. This is one of the things I experimented with was, you know, I tried everything with content marketing. One of the things I did was answering questions on Quora, which at the time was completely, like I actually tracked the ROI on that, thinking that, I, that that was something you could do with content, which I no longer believe. Um, but I tracked the ROI on the core and it was one of the worst things I did in terms of any kind of traffic or conversions or anything. Um, but funnily enough, that, that post on Quora, I still get the occasional with people who've, who've read that or like the occasional tweet of people who share that reply, which is quite funny because that was a few years ago now, I think. Um, but that's, that's the thing with content marketing is it's not a, I mean, you can, the 80, 20 is to, is to not spend any time doing content that people don't like. That's, that's the 80, 20. Um, there's, there's nothing else really that you can do to promote content. I don't believe if it's, if it's fundamentally wrong, if people don't really like it, if it's not differentiated, if it's not great content, I don't think putting it on your signature or any other kind of promotion is really going to 80, 20 your results, because I think you're going to, um, you're going to get bad results regardless if your content's not great, if it doesn't something wrong with your business as well. Because you've got to remember, I was, I've been doing this content since 2012 at this sort of frequency, and from 2012 to 2013, I got absolutely no business results from that content at all. From 2013 for the next year, you know, we, we sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, of services um, and the content didn't change. It was just, I was just doing the same thing on a different domain. So you need to have that piece where you're like, the content needs to be good, but the business needs to be good too. And if there's something wrong with the business, the whole thing's going to fall apart. So the big things for me are having a solid business, having a good link between the content and the business, figuring out a way to consistently produce content that your audience cares about and shares and that really gets your attention. And anything beyond that is sort of minor optimization. And the, the problem is a lot of people will focus on that minor optimization. They'll focus on the conversions and the opt-ins and, and you know, the titles and, and the stuff that you do to something that's already working, the processes, which my book talks about a lot as well because that stuff's important. But it's, it's minor in the grand scheme of things if your content is rubbish to start with and your strategy is all wrong. Um, so I think the fundamentals, if you can find yourself in that sweet spot where the fundamentals are really sound, then the other stuff just becomes so easy. Yeah, but I also feel like it's when, when rubber hits the road, sometimes it's a little bit mutually exclusive. Like I, I feel like it's a bit of a struggle to kind of become, I guess I feel kind of like a content mill. You know, but then I kind of neglect kind of the overall direction and health of the business for a while. And then I kind of like feel like I get trapped in, in creating content. And then I, I, I forget that I, I'm supposed to be, you know, managing the overall growth of this company. Um, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> like my experience is that good businesses that are, that are in that sweet spot of momentum and attention, they, they just grow. Like they grow anyway. And bad businesses don't don't grow. And I, I find that, like, when you get traction with something, it just gets this natural momentum where you don't need to be pushed to manage that process. And we were able to get to that with WP Curve very quickly. Like, the first week, really, we had a, a, a bunch of sign-ups and we had consistent sign-ups from then on, and then it just became a case of managing it. Like, we haven't really done anything at WP Curve to specifically grow the business. In fact, the... The stuff we've done in an attempt to grow the business has usually failed. Like we spent a lot of times trying to trying to work with agencies, um, trying to do big partnerships, 
most of that stuff turned out to be time wasted and um, the growth of the business came, came about naturally because of that momentum. And the, the same thing has happened with my other projects, like our, our beer company, Black Hops Brewing, which is something I'm focusing on now. This is just growing and getting attention every week, more and more through word of mouth and just through having a good product and that natural momentum that sort of happens in a, in a way without our intervention. Um, and I think that's what you want to get to. And so I think if you, you can get to that point, and of course, you also need to have a system for managing all the work and managing the business. And we've, we got pretty good at delegating and systemizing very early on. Um, I was never the person doing the work with WP Curve. I always had developer and a team. So we, we focused our attention on building that team and getting those systems right, the tools right, the processes right, the operating procedures, all of that. So the business runs itself um, and then therefore grows itself unless we do something wrong. Um, and that, that really frees us up to do, to do the other stuff. And I think that's a better position to be in than that constant battle of, you know, should I be doing content or should I be trying to figure out how to push this thing that's not naturally moving along? I see. So when it comes down to fundamentals, you need to have like a, a great value proposition, I suppose, right? Value that, proposition. What, what does that mean? Um, well, like, like on your site, WPCurve.com, it, it says, you know, imagine never having another WordPress headache. So, so basically the, the proposition that you're putting forward is, is irresistible enough that people will sign up for it almost naturally. Well, I think that I think that, that all businesses grow through people through conversations, and um, in the like I mentioned before, the criteria for a good business idea one one of them is having a a relatable differentiator. So having something, you know, having having something that people understand, but making it a little bit different. So if you think of Uber. You know, you, you don't need to, when you have a conversation with someone about how you're going to get from A to B, you don't need to explain that there's a thing called a car and then there's also a, a service option where you can pay someone who's driving that car a small amount of money to drive you from here to there. Um, all of that is, is already understood. There's already a market for it. It's already being paid for. Everyone knows what a taxi is. So the only thing that has to enter into that conversation is how is Uber different from a taxi? The, 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 all the other stuff is looked after already, so it's all relatable. Everyone knows what that is. So the conversation goes something like, oh, I couldn't get a taxi the other day. I waited around for 30 minutes. Well, you should have got an Uber. You can just press the button and they come and you can see how long they're going to be. And that's the only conversation. And so the easier you make those conversations, the more a business is going to grow. And if, you, if your conversations around your business have to be explaining everything you do, um, you know, justifying why someone should pay for it, um, trying to invent a market out of nothing, it's, it's just not going to spread. So with, with WP Curve, I think we, everyone knows what a developer is. Everyone knows what WordPress is. They know that they're going to have problems with their WordPress site because that's, that's what happens when you've got a custom-hosted website um, that's, as, that's as flexible and powerful as WordPress. Um, and so all we needed to do was, was to convince, to enter into that conversation um, with something that was a bit different and something people cared about. And the, the, the conversation is usually around availability or responsiveness um, because we're available 24-7, we're always there, as opposed to a normal developer who's not going to reply to your emails for three days. Um, so, so I think that's how businesses grow, and that's what I mean by, like, a natural momentum. Like, I don't need to be out selling stuff because these conversations are happening all around the world without us having to do anything because we're in that sweet spot. And a, a lot of people... 
a lot of people have to push things along because they don't find that sweet spot. And I've, you know, I've had probably 10 businesses and maybe only two of them have found that sweet spot. But um, when it does, you, you find yourself in a really nice position because you don't have to push that along yourself. I see. That's great advice there. So you don't basically have to reinvent the wheel or have to justify to people what the value of what you're doing. It, it should be inherent, basically. Yeah, I mean, people... Yeah. I think if you think about growing your business, I think a lot of people think about growing their business in terms of tactics. They'll be like, okay, I need to get more conversions. Mm. I need to do content marketing. I need to do paid advertising. But if you think about growing your business in terms of a conversation, um, like how does that conversation go down and how can you make that easier conversation? Like one really simple example is, um, is with your name. Like if someone is going to have a conversation about an alternative to a taxi and their name is ridesharingservices.com, how does that conversation go down compared to I got an Uber? So I got an Uber is so much easier, so much simpler to remember, so much quicker to say, so much more likely to fall into a conversation. Um, And that's just one example of why. And so that's why brands now, they're so short and punchy, so clean and simple because they can just enter into those conversations that are happening and... Like, I'm sure Uber do all kinds of growth hacking and all the rest of it, but, you know, like, everyone I know found out through Uber through someone else who used it. Like, that's how this stuff happens. Um, and if you, can, if you can think about changes you can make to your business that result in that conversation becoming an easier and more natural conversation, then that's going to have a massive multiplier effect because every conversation that happens about your business is going to go smoother and uh, more people will talk about it. That person will talk about it to the next person and that momentum will sort of kick in. So there has to be that word of mouth factor baked in. I think it's word, yeah, it's word of mouth. I mean, whether it's yeah. online or social or, or in person or, you know, at events or, or whatever, if you've got a good story and, and you've got a, a good uh, differentiator that people can talk about, I think that's, I think it's what, that's what you need. And, if I, and the, the way I came to this was not like, you know, how am I going to get people to talk about WP Curve? It was really just looking at it after the fact. And, you know, I had stuff happening to me like Pat Flynn would – um, email me and say, oh, man, I've heard about you guys everywhere. I'd like you to have you on the podcast. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Like, I've, I've, I don't know if Pat Flynn, I've never mentioned it to him. The fact that he's heard about it everywhere is crazy. And I started to think about, like, how, like what are the businesses that I like that I've heard about and what are the startups that are really impactful for me and how did I hear about them? And it's all, it all sort of came together to me, that, that conversation thing, because it all happens through conversations. And, and I think these companies, the, the startups with a lot of investment and they're executing things better than anyone else in the world that have got the best designers, the best product people. I think these guys are really tapped into this. So I, I got inspiration from that. And I think that like the self-funded entrepreneur community, if that's the people in your audience, which, which I think it is, I think, I think you can take lessons from those companies and um, you don't have the same resources, but there's no reason why you can't build a brand and build a name and have a, a conversational differentiator for your business that is on par with something like an Uber. Yeah, that's great. I, I love how you, you talked about uh, conversations. And I know that you found your first few clients from uh, forums. So I guess, I guess yep. online forums are a great places to kind of enter into these conversations and, and find your initial set of clients too. Yeah, I mean, I think the – like I, I found a bunch of clients – through the DC was, was how it all kicked off, the DC forum. Um, but again, it wasn't like going into a for, forum and, you know, talking to people about whether I could fix their problems. It was a year or two of being active in the forum and adding value and starting 
you know, having real relationships with people and turning up to physical events and being a real member of that community that ended up producing the results. So, again, it's, it's more of a, a um, philosophy than it is a tactic. It's like you, you can't just go into a forum and start posting stuff about your business. I don't think that ever really works. That's like pushing shit uphill. Whereas if, if, if your philosophy is that I'm just going to be a good community member and I'm going to help people and put out a lot of content that's going to be useful and, you know, take people along this journey with me, then, then that can pay off in the end. And, and I think if you think about things more like that than, than like forums are a good tactic, then I, like that served me pretty well. And by DC, you mean uh, the dynamite circle in case anyone uh, didn't, didn't catch that. Uh, so, so let's talk yeah. about this, um, how you set up this business. Where did you land on the idea of uh, $79 a month? That's pretty cheap. I just made it up. I, um, <laughs> I, I, basically what I did, and, and something I talk about in my first book, is I added up. I, I assumed my business had a, a reasonable number of customers, hmm. and I, I worked out how much it would cost me to serve each customer based on a whole bunch of assumptions that I had. And rather than taking the standard advice, which is, you know, it's too cheap, you need to be more expensive, I said, well, actually, I can test this. I can test whether or not how many jobs people request. I can test how much it's going to pay me, how much it's going to cost me for the developers. Um, I can get 10 clients and see how much it costs me to, to look after those clients, how reliant they are on me compared to the rest of the team. All of that stuff I can test in a matter of weeks. There's no point debating it. There's no point listening to that standard advice that people always give you. Um, so I, I made a bunch of assumptions about um, how much it was going to cost me to have the clients. I then doubled that in terms of coming up with a price to make sure I had reasonable margin. And then I tested those assumptions after I launched and it became pretty clear that, that the pricing was pretty close to right. We've we put it up a little bit. I think it was 69 when we launched. Um, we've, had, we've had a couple more plans come in since then, so the overall uh, income per client's gone up a little bit. But I think we're more or less accurate on the um on the margin i think i think we're, we're, i'd probably recommend if if there is room for pricing to to have a little bit more than double if you can because there probably will be things you underestimate but we weren't too far off that's interesting so you just kind of uh, set the price and forgot about it because i know there's there's whole books written on pricing like um different pricing strategies like price skimming for example where uh, the price starts out really high and then drops um, or the price starts out really low for early birds and then, and then increases. Um, but, but it sounds like you just, you just set it and forget it. And I want to ask you... Well, the, what, what I wanted to do with WP Curve was yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to make this a no-brainer thing. So I, so I did. Mm. It's going to be 60 bucks a month. It's going to be unlimited jobs. It's going to be 24-7 live chat all around the world. And to me, that was like, if someone offered that to me, that, that's a no-brainer situation. And if... If there were issues with any of those things, then I, I was confident I would be able to deal with those as I went. For example, I didn't have a team in the US. I didn't have the ability to operate 24-7 really other than just me with my phone in my bed at night time. Um, but I was confident I'd be able to hire in the US or find someone. As it turned out, I found a co-founder right at the right time and that problem was solved. So it, it's just that attitude of, of thinking like you can solve these problems as they come up and... Um, that, that, that kind of got, got me through that first, first part. I see. And, and I can imagine what some of the objections must have been when you uh, initially started this, when you had this idea and, and you, you kind of shared it. Um, you know, like people are going to waste your time for, for $79 and it's going to be, you know, too much work. And, and you really did a, a great job of kind of scaling it up and, and, and implementing systems. 
into the business. Uh, what, what was that like, kind of just getting all those systems set up initially? Um, it's something I've gotten pretty good at because I, I really don't like doing the same thing twice. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm pretty good at writing Google Docs and delegating. We had a bunch of tools that we could use that were really handy. Like we, we got onto Slack really early um, and that, that, that's a game changer, you know, compared to just operating from Skype or something like that. So, so we, we jumped into that really quickly. Um, we, yeah, lots of processes, um, team members, really important team members. It's got a few like really critical hires, right? Like our first developer was really good. Our first um, sort of team leader over in the US was really good. And, and those things, you know, helped us a lot. But, yeah, predominantly for the first year it was just fun trying to figure out when to hire and, you know, how much we're growing by, all of that. It's, it's all settled down a little bit now. It's, it's um, over two years now. We're sort of a, bit, a little bit more of a stable sort of business now that, that, that we're not like Alex and I are really not that intimately involved anymore. Um, the system kind of just looks after itself in a way. So it's a bit different now, but it was exciting, um, you know, when it started happening. Where do you invest your time now? And, and do you have uh, certain days of the week that are you devote to certain tasks? Like Monday, you focus on marketing, and Friday, you, you focus on like uh, internal affairs of the business? Or no, I, nothing like that. I mean, I've got a bunch of different projects I'm working on. I think that the main things for me at the moment are, are Curve, and um, I've got a private membership on the Seven Day Startup Co. And I've also got uh, Black Ops Brewing, which is a craft beer business that we're starting on the Gold Coast. And that's what I'm focusing on for the rest of this year. Um, we're, we're opening up a physical business and we've ordered equipment from China. Um, so I'm sort of backing off from the online stuff a little bit. I've got content people at WP Curve that look after all of that. I'm, I'm stopping the podcast interviews and, and not being as active on social media and um, dropping off a bunch of that stuff so I can focus on the physical business um and at, at wp curve my role really is kind of to troubleshoot things that go badly and to to i guess make sure we're growing but beyond that um it i'm not in there all day every day thinking about how we can you know make changes i'm just i'm just making sure things are rolling along and making sure the guys the right people are doing the right jobs and and that's more or less what i do alex does more of the hands-on sort of team leader stuff. Um, and to date I've been doing more of the, like, the interviews and presentations at conferences and stuff like that. But I think I'm going to back off on that a little bit and just let the content guys look after that and, and hopefully it'll just keep bubbling along. So, so you mentioned, I feel like there's a nugget here, because you mentioned earlier that you said you, you don't like doing the same thing twice. Um, so I was wondering, what, what do you, like, mostly spend your time doing? Like, do you, do you try to find and implement new ideas, continually learning? Um, what's, what's the progression of growth for you? Uh, it depends what I'm working on, really. I mean, I've, yeah. I've written two books in the last year. Um, mm. I've done a lot of presenting at conferences, a lot of podcast interviews like this. I've, I've been doing stuff like that, which is, doesn't have a direct link to WP Curve, in a, but in a way it's really the only thing we've ever done that's, ha that's been successful for us. Like we've never really done any marketing that's worked other than content and, you know, press and spreading the word about the business. So that's really, that's really what I do. Um, we also have a system, internal system for managing our jobs and I have a team that works on that and I kind of make sure that, that the development on that is going in the right direction and make sure that 
Like, for example, we have a way of prioritising jobs and, and that, like, algorithm sort of needs to be tweaked and that's the kind of stuff I, I do. Um, I oversee the content team as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not massively demanding with WPCOV. It's all 100% remote. I'm on Slack sort of all the time and available, but I don't sit here and work nine to five on, on WP curve. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine that you, you wouldn't, you, you seem pretty, um, like you always want to do something new. You always want to push the envelope a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm also, I think I'm in a way I'm a little bit burnt out with the online stuff. I think I've been doing that for a long time and I'm ready for a change. Um, and, and I really, I mean, I'm also really excited about just I've always been keen on this idea of applying some of these online skills to an offline business. And now that I've got the opportunity to do that with Black Ops, like I always thought it would work really well and it is working really well for us. So I'm really excited about doing more of that and, you know, kind of spreading the message of content marketing and, and this way of running a business to the offline world, not just the online world. Because the, the online guys, this is all standard now, like starting a business and, you know, doing transparent content doing lots of content, being generous, putting all your information out there, all of this kind of stuff, you know, getting attention for what you're doing, all the stuff that I do in the online world is now pretty much standard. A few years ago, like, like when I started doing the content, I was moving from being basically grey hat SEO. That was in probably 2009. It was very different back then. And now this kind of stuff is standard. But in the offline world, this is still unheard of. So the idea of bringing this into that world is really exciting to me. And, um, yeah, the, the rest of this year I think I'm going to focus in on that and uh, work, you know, once we've got a business, actually go in there and work in a physical office and work with a couple of guys directly and, and go back to sort of a bit more of a real existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. So it seems like your motivations have changed as you've progressed as an entrepreneur because I'm, I'm sure you were kind of, when you started, you were, envisioning lifestyle freedom and, and being a digital nomad. I know you've kind of done that quite a bit, uh, but, but now you've kind of come full circle, it seems. Um, to be honest, uh, digital nomad thing, I mean, I know I'm in the DC community. I probably wouldn't get in there if they still had the same requirements because I'm not a digital nomad and I never was. Okay. I've got young kids um, and I, I love where I live. I live on the beach. It's freaking amazing. I don't <laughs> mind traveling, you know, traveling around, going to conferences and events and whatnot, but I don't really fit the mold of a digital nomad. Um, Motivation-wise, it's always been the same. It's always just been about creating something significant. I guess the definition of significant is a moving thing. And I think, to me, I'm thinking more in the physical world now. I think that, like, I've been an entrepreneur in the online sense for nine years. Next year, it'll be 10 years. I think the next 10 years, I would like it to be using those online skills in the, in the physical world and doing some significant stuff there, uh, moving away a little bit from the online world. I think, I think that's not that I can predict 10 years ahead in the future. Um, I can predict the next two months. So I'll, I'll do that for the next two months and see how that goes. But I think that's what I'd really like to do is just to do some more physical, maybe even like longer term, some sort of physical product, um, and just use those skills, you know, in that area. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and impact more people. So tell me a little bit more about uh, your next business, Black Hops Brewery, and um, how you're going to kind of, what's your idea for how you're, you're going to apply what you've learned from businesses like WP Curve uh, to this one? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the funny thing is that I just, I just apply this stuff without even realizing now. Like when, when we brewed, we brewed a homebrew about a year ago, 
And the first thing I did was set up a domain, set up a website, um, did a logo, slapped it on the bottle. You know, we, we, we created this beer, put it in a bottle, took nice photos, started writing blog posts about what we were doing, started, like, networking with bloggers and influencers and being active on social media and all this stuff that just comes second nature to someone who's been online for nine years. Um, and it just it just really got a lot of attention. Like, our blog has been noticed by all the major people in the industry. It's got a lot of attention from other blogs and backlinks and, you know, we've been in, we're getting customers and invitations to conferences and investors, like, you name it, we're getting all this attention from the content we're doing. Um, and, you know, people are talking about what we're doing because it's really standing out. And these sort of things that are second nature to me are are, are very new in that world. So... I'm not sure how far we can take it. I've definitely got a few ideas of, of things we can do at the at the brewery, um, but but I'm also guided a little bit by the other two guys who are like like Govs is a brewer, so very much in the physical world. Although he's very very good online, very naturally, you know, he's not, he's not old school like a lot of the people with physical businesses are. And Eddie's very much a digital native type person, you know, very active on social media, all over it. Um, so between the three of us, it's kind of almost just ingrained into us anyway, that sort of online approach. Um, but, yeah, I don't know exactly how far we can take it. One thing I'm definitely interested in doing is is writing a book um, for the about the brewery as my next book, as opposed to writing something about online marketing or business. I think writing a book for the brewery with these guys is going to be something that's going to take that content to the next level. Um, potentially doing some sort of crowdfunding campaign. Um, definitely doing more content on the blog. We've got a podcast called Operation Brewery that, that we're doing each week. Um, all of this kind of stuff that's, uh, this is just scratching the surface. I don't really know what else we can do, but there's a lot of stuff's going to pop up that that is sort of second nature to people who uh, are naturally sort of online focused um, in an offline business. So I think it's pretty exciting. I see. So rather than um, creating kind of a no-brainer proposition like WB Curve, the, what's unique and, and interesting about this business is that you're taking all these innovative uh, kind of online marketing uh, approach uh, tactics. Excuse me. To yep. to a traditional type of business, basically. Yeah, we also ha- we also have a good story, and I think that helps. Like, it's it's pretty cool that we just randomly made some homebrew and then like literally two months later we'd we'd put out this commercial brewery had a launch with 100 people and just made this business out of nothing you know four or five months later we got investors we've ordered equipment from china um and hopefully a year later we'll be open and running running you know the first real sort of craft brewery where you can rock up and have a beer and and get you know good craft beer on the gold coast so um it's a it's a good story and our marketing is definitely something that's working for us. It's also reasonably early on in terms of where we live because there's not a whole lot of this going on on the Gold Coast. There will be. Um, but so, yeah, I think it's got a lot going for it and, and I, I've just sort of decided to focus on things that are getting traction and drop the projects that aren't getting traction and this is something that just from the outset is, has gone really well. It's also requiring me to put quite a bit of money in um, and that's that's another reason why, you know, I know I should be focusing on it as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Dan, and for being so gracious with your time. I wish you the best of luck with Black Hops Brewery and all of your future projects, and I hope the listener can come away from this interview really inspired and motivated to either 
dive in and start something or just take things to the next level. Uh, I've certainly come out of this motivated and taken several notes from some of the ideas that we've discussed. And just wanted to ask you, after this conversation, where can someone go to get more from you? Yeah, probably the easiest way is just to go to my personal site, dannorris.me, and I've got all of my projects listed on there. And uh, if you're interested in the WordPress stuff or the content or the books or the beer, then it's all on there. You can find me on there. I'm, I'm on all the social media channels. My handle's normally at the Dan Norris, um, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, and all of those places. And you also have a, a podcast as well, right? Yeah, I don't have a podcast for the online stuff anymore. We don't do that one anymore. I just have the Operation Brewery, which is documenting us building this brewery, which is sort of part part beer and part uh, startup. So it's sort of something for everyone. Oh, okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate it. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. I hope, I hope it's been useful. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Thank you so much.